Hey there, welcome to the Favorite Church Podcast. We are a church for imperfect people who want to know God and make Him famous. In this episode, we'll be hearing from our senior pastor, James Aiden. My name's James, and I'm on the team of Favorite Church, and I'm just so glad that you're here. For everyone watching online, welcome. It's great to have you here. Uh, we have been this whole month in this series of if it wasn't for the cross. And I know, I think Willem asked before, but how many came last week and was just so blessed with what God did last week? I was, I cried the entire day to see 102 people go through the waters of baptism. Everything from children up until seasoned age people and everything in between, different walks, different stages of life. I loved it. The series we've been talking about, if it wasn't for the cross, it basically looks at, wow, what would my life be like if it wasn't for the cross? But because of the cross, this is the freedom I live in. This is the breakthrough that I live in. Because of the cross, I have a testimony. And today, I want to continue, and this will be the last week that we talk about it, but today I want to continue. I want to talk about the very thing that Jesus talked about the most when he came to this earth, the very thing that he talked about more than any other thing, more than any other thing that he preached about, he preached, and my title today is this, on the kingdom is here. Just look at the person sitting next to you and just go, the kingdom is here. You're watching online, you can say it to someone next to you. Jesus talked about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven more than anything else in the gospels, but what does it all mean? The first time we hear about the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, is in the New Testament. It's found in Matthew, John the Baptist, the cousin of Jesus. He's proclaiming the way in the wilderness, and he says in Matthew chapter 3, in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. He was talking about Jesus that was about to come. He was preparing the way for Jesus and for the main message that he would preach, which was about the kingdom of God. Here's a few thoughts that I have today. I want to jump straight into it. The first is this. The kingdom of God is now and in the future. Uh, For some people, this is a big deal uh, because in certain theological circles, people argue about this idea of the kingdom. When is the kingdom established? What was Jesus really meaning? Was the kingdom just when Jesus was there? Was the kingdom now that, that, that we all live in it? Is the kingdom only in the future when Jesus comes back? We, we know for sure that the kingdom of God, will all live in the kingdom of God in the future. Heaven, the amazing future. Jesus is coming back. We don't know when. Matthew 24, Jesus tells us nobody knows when he is coming back. So if you have a friend that tells you, ah, I know when Jesus is coming back, they are crazy. They don't know when Jesus is coming back. There's a lot of people that thought that the vaccine was the mark of the beast. Sayang, they were wrong. We don't know when Jesus is coming back. There is a man in the 80s that wrote a book called 88 Reasons Why Jesus is Coming Back in 1988. Pastor Rocky loved that book. (laughs) But he was wrong. We don't know when Jesus is coming back, but this is what we do know. He's coming back. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 28 
So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many, and he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Whether you believe in pre-tribulation or post-tribulation, or whether you don't know what that is and you don't care, it doesn't matter. Jesus is coming back at some point. He is alive. He's coming back. But here is the good news. We don't have to wait to live in the kingdom of God until he comes back. We get to live in it right now. It's the good news. The Israelites in biblical times, they were waiting for their Messiah. They were waiting for their Savior. And they were waiting for someone who would come and be their deliverer. Not a deliverer from their sins, but a deliverer from the captivity that they were under from the Roman rule. This was their mindset. That's why it was really hard for so many of them to get their mindset around that Jesus was actually the Son of God because he didn't deliver them from the Romans. What he did was deliver them from sin and death, a different type of deliverance. But they expected a Savior to come, to come and set up a new kingdom for them like the old King David of old that would rescue and fight on their behalf. But that was never the plan that Jesus had. Luke chapter 17, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, and he was being asked in verse 20, the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God would come, and this is what he answered. He said, the kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is, or there, behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. Jesus was saying, Kingdom of God's not something that you're going to be able to say, hey, it's over there. It's over here. Look, it's here. Jesus was saying, hey, you've been looking for the kingdom of God. I'm here. Jesus represents the kingdom of God. He was the kingdom of God coming to this earth. So what is the kingdom of God? It's simply this. It is wherever Jesus Christ rules and reigns. That is where the kingdom of God is. Colossians chapter 1, 13, it says, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son that he loves. You know, it's one of the best news that you're going to hear today. Heaven doesn't start when you die. Heaven starts when you come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. This is heaven on earth. You sang about it today. You didn't even realize. Heaven's not something I look forward to in the future. Heaven is something that I have right now. Do you know why? Because I'm married to Kate. No, because of Jesus. I don't know about your marriage, but mine's perfect. I have heaven here on earth because I have a relationship with Jesus. If you have a relationship with Jesus, guess what? You are living in the kingdom of God. Think about, think about one of the most famous scriptures in the Bible, the Lord's Prayer. Think about the Lord's Prayer, for example. What does the Lord's Prayer say? Right? Depending on what era you grew up in and what Bible you read, you know, our Father who art in heaven, the new version is our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your name is holy. And then what, what does Jesus teach us to pray? This is how Jesus, this is Jesus. This isn't even Paul. This is God teaching us how to pray. And how he teaches us to pray is to pray this way. To say, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth 
as it is in heaven. So Jesus is teaching us that the kingdom of God in heaven, we need to pray that whatever's happening in heaven would come down and begin to take root in our lives here on earth. And so there's no sickness in heaven, so we need to pray, let your kingdom come so we can pray against sickness here on earth. There's no insecurity in heaven, so we need to pray your kingdom come. You're with me. I want my insecurity, God. I want the kingdom of God to come into my relationships. I want his will to be done in my career, in my finances, in my life, in my hobbies. I want the kingdom of God in my world. I want to live in it now, not just when I die. I want to pull heaven down. As a parent, oh Jesus, I need to pull heaven down. As a husband, I need to pull heaven down. I want the kingdom to come into my life. Will this mean that we won't face any troubles? Because in heaven, we're never going to have any troubles. No, we're still going to face troubles because even though we may be living in the kingdom of God because Jesus is ruling and reigning in our lives, uh, he's not ruling and reigning in everyone's life. So every day we're faced with sin and we're faced with sinful people. And so there is a spiritual battle going on every day against the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. So things are still going to happen. Sickness is still going to come into this world. Some people will preach this and they'll just, I feel like the people that preach it this way are, are, are like traveling evangelists that don't have to do life with anyone, right? They'll preach it in a way of the kingdom of God is here, so no sickness shall ever come against you, no, and, and, and they preach so strong, and I, and I believe God's protection, but then they get to leave and they don't have to sit with the person who is still sick. And for some reason, God doesn't heal them. Why? I don't know. That's a mystery box. But I believe God heals. But why? And so when we talk about kingdom now, it doesn't mean perfection. We still live in a fallen world. We still live in a sinful world. But I am living with the king ruling my life. And I want to come under the covering that Jesus provides in his kingdom, which leads me to my second point, which is this. The kingdom of God provides covering. So when we talk about this word kingdom, I love the word kingdom. What kingdom means is the king's domain. So wherever there is a kingdom, it means that the king, the ruler, has dominion over the entire land where he reigns. Uh, Kate and I are both Australian citizens. We are a part of the last remaining kingdom. Uh, uh, the best, I want to say the best, last remaining monarch in the whole world. Uh, our queen is the queen of England. Queen Elizabeth, she is my queen. Oh, and then Kate is my, my queen as well, but, she, but Queen Elizabeth is my queen. Uh, we, we have a song called God Save the Queen, right? She, she's the queen. And, and as an Australian, right, I am a part of something called the Commonwealth. And that gives me certain rights and privileges because I am under the dominion and the rule of Queen Elizabeth, her and her little corgi dogs, right? It, she, is, she is my queen. I'm under, I'm under her rule. Her face is on money. 
which represent, like her face is on every coin that Australia, that anyone in the Commonwealth House, her face, it, it, it gives that right. She has dominion. And because of that, I have rights. My passport gets me into countries that other people don't. My passport gets me into places without having to apply for visas. Sorry, Filipinos. <laughs> right? It does. I have a right. I have privileges. You know what else I have? I have responsibilities. My country is a part of alliances. So whenever England goes to war, guess what? Australia has no choice. They have to go to war. Because England, because we are part of the Commonwealth. We are under the rule and the dominion of our queen. So when we are talking about the kingdom of God, we are talking about anywhere that Jesus is ruling. And if you are under the covering of the king, there are certain rights privileges and responsibilities that you have but you have to put yourself under the covering of the king oh just a spoonful of sugar this is an umbrella right this is an umbrella what's the point of an umbrella the point of an umbrella is to stop the rain getting on our heads that's the point of an umbrella if an umbrella is on the ground it is useless it has no use for me does that stop the intention of the umbrella no the intention of the umbrella maker is to stop rain getting on my body it's available to me it's right there i could be standing here right i could be looking like pranav like ah ah right rain could be coming on me and there's an umbrella right there and i could go ah i wish the rain would stop it's so hard ah right but the umbrella is there do you know what i have to do I have to bend down, I have to pick up the umbrella, and I have to get under the covering of the umbrella. Welcome to the kingdom of God. When we put ourselves under the covering of the king, we now have protection. The promises that are in the Bible are now for us. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 13, it says this, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. When you are under the covering and the protection of the kingdom, you won't be tempted beyond what you can bear. Oh, come on, you're not as excited about that as what you should be. But you've got to choose to be under the covering of the kingdom. Because the kingdom is there, it's available for us. But we've got to choose to put ourselves underneath it. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, 3. But the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. When you're under the covering of the kingdom, he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. But you have to pick up the covering and come underneath it. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 8. We are hard-pressed on every side, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but we are not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, 
but not destroyed. Why? Because I'm under the cover of the king. The devil can't touch me. I've got protection of the king. If you come after me, my God's coming after you because I'm under protection. I'm under the cover of the king. Isaiah 54, verse 17, come on. Many of you know this. No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. And this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Weapons are coming against you. Why? Because we live in a fallen world. But when we come under the covering of the king, we are protected. Weapons will come. They will come against you, but they will not prosper. They may make some wounds, but they're not going to prosper. But I have to choose to bring myself under the covering of the king. It's amazing to me because I see so many Christians come to church, but they don't put themselves under the covering of the kingdom. You know what they look like? People that come to church but don't put themselves under the covering of the kingdom? They look like someone walking in the middle of the rain like this. They got one hand there, but they haven't fully put themselves under the rulership of God. Can you be outside of the covering of God and still be successful? Absolutely. But you won't have genuine peace. And what would you rather have, success or peace? If you answered success, you've never been successful with no peace. Give me peace any, of the, any day of the week over success. Give me peace. There's a lady in our church. I was talking to her the other week. And an incredible lady. We love her. And I was asking her about her businesses. And she in, she's in a construction, does different things. And I, and I haven't talked to her in a while, actually, about her businesses. And For everyone online that didn't hear that, something just happened in a kitchen next door. And uh, can someone check that they're alive? Is that okay? <laughs> it sounded pretty epic. Getting ready for our new people night tonight in here. Uh, so this lady, I've been checked in with her for a while. And I knew that she did construction. And I knew that some of the construction jobs that she was doing was, uh, was because of um, uh, just w with the current government and stuff like that. And I said, you know, hey, you know, when the, when the new uh, government comes in, whoever it is, you know, how will you go? And, they, and she went, oh, Pastor James, no, 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 no. I've stopped doing all of that. And I said, what do, you, what do you mean? And she goes, I got convicted by God that I was doing the wrong thing in business, and so I stopped. The way that I was doing business was wrong, and it was sinful, and I got convicted, and I, and I stopped. And so I stopped doing business that way. And I'm like, whoa. Like in, inside of me, I'm like, yes. People listen when I preach. <laughs> right? And I said, well, what's happened? She goes, Pastor James, you won't believe what's happened. I had nothing, but I trusted God. I'm his child. I trusted God. And he's now given me a new opportunity worth over 300 million pesos where She's not in partnership with anyone, just her herself doing it. And she said, I feel so much peace now that I'm doing this the right way. 
and, and here's what's incredible. This is what, I, I couldn't make this up if I tried. I texted her last night. I said, hey, listen, do you mind? I'm, I'm going to share your story. I'm not going to tell anyone who you are, so don't try and look around. Who is... Right? Uh, it is a woman, but maybe it's a man, and I called it a woman just to get you off the scent. <laughs> Never know. And, and I texted uh, them, and I said... And I, and I said, hey, I want to use your story. Is that, is that okay? You know? and, they, and they wrote back and said, yeah. And, and this is what they said. They, they said, I was just... So actually, I want to, I want to read it. I want to see it. They said, this is my testimony about my obedience. And I'm so sad that it took me so many years to work this out. And I will no longer be compromising. Can I tell you, can I tell you, sometimes it's, sometimes it will cost you to put yourself under the covering of the king. If you're in business in the Philippines, come on, let's be real. If you're in business, it takes a lot of corruption to get business done. But it's okay. Jesus is cool with a little bit of corruption, just like he's cool with a little bit of adultery. When you put yourself under the covering of the king, you may lose some jobs. But I'd rather be under the covering of the king and trusting him than going to bed at night with no peace. When you put yourself under the covering of the king, guess what? Everyone can see the umbrella on top of your head. Oh, they're one of them Christians. Oh, watch out. They do business the right way. But you know what I found is that over time, integrity always wins. It may lose in the short term, but it'll win in the long term. You may lose stuff in the short term, but you will win in the long term when you put yourself under the covering of the king. So how do I live under the covering of the king? I'm so glad you asked. How can I let Jesus have complete dominion of my life? My last point is this. The kingdom of God requires obedience. Jesus cannot be your savior if he is not your Lord as well. We love the Savior bit. We, this is a concept we talk about all the time in our church. We love the Savior bit of Jesus. What? Jesus saves me for free. I don't have to do anything. I get into heaven for free. It's like 100 pesos off for the men's camp sign up again for free. I don't have to. We love the Savior bit of Jesus. We love. I talked about this last week. Uh, a, a couple of weeks ago, we love the, the bit of Jesus where he, he sees the adulterous woman and he says, no one else is condemning you, neither do I. I don't condemn you. We love that bit of Jesus because that's the Savior bit of Jesus. But a lot of us struggle with the Lord bit of Jesus because the Savior says, no one condemns you, neither do I. The Lord says, now go and sin no more. Savior says, you're free. Lord says, be my servant. Serve me. Come under my rulership and my reign. Paul describes in Galatians 2 verse 20. He says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Don't you love that? Paul's just saying, I've been crucified. It's no longer me that lives. It's Christ in me. I, he owns me. He goes a bit further in Romans 6, 18. He says, you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. I am now set free from sin, but I've now become a slave to righteousness. He is my ruler. He is my king. 
So how do I make Jesus the Lord of my life and not just the Savior of my life? Well, Jesus shows us how in one of the best parables in the Bible, Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. He says this. He begins to tell this story. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine does not put them into practice. It's like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. This story tells me a couple of really clear things. The first is this, is that regardless of whether you listen to God or not, storms are going to come. You're going to be faced with things in life. We're going to be faced, uh, death is something that we're all going to be faced with, with our loved ones and with us eventually. Storms are going to happen. Viruses are going to happen. Global financial crises are going to happen. Crypto dips are going to happen. Everything is going to happen. We're all going to be faced with storms. So, so that, that's the first point. The, the second thing that's really clear about this, because sometimes we kind of teach this as almost a, a, a children's church parable, like, you know, the wise man built his house upon the rock, right? And, and it's like this nice thing, yeah, build your house on the rock, and it's great. And we talk about building our house on the rock, building our house on the rock, and building it, and oh, they built it on the sand. That's not the point of the parable. The whole point of the parable is this, those that listen to my words and obey. And those that listen to my words but don't obey, there's a huge difference. My children, we, we, we do this parenting technique called the rule of first obey in our house, which is unsuccessful a lot of the time. But the idea is if I tell you to do something, you do it the first time I tell you to do it. There's not a negotiation. I want you to do what I, what I tell you to do. And so uh, when they were younger, I would say, hey, you need to listen first time. Listen first time. Listen. And I would say this. Listen first time. Listen first time. Listen. The first time I ask you, you need to listen first time. And I realized that they were doing exactly what I asked them to do. They were listening. Every time I told them to do something, they listened. They heard it. They looked at me in the eyes. But I had to change the way I was talking to them. And I added something really minor. And it was this. When I tell you something, you need to listen and obey. Because we all listen. We all come to church. We all hear the word of God preached. Some of us read our Bibles. We listen. That's not the question. The question is, do you obey? And Jesus says, if you listen but don't obey... You're like the man that builds on the sand. The thing about building on sand, way easier than building on the rock. You can kind of just push it in there, make it sand. It's closer to the beach. It's really nice. You know, the water comes up, step out. It's in the water. But there's no stability and there's no foundation. Easier to build on the sand. So when the winds come, when the storm comes, when life throws, you know, a U-turn at you and you're not expecting it, you're going to fall over. Why? Because even though you've heard the words, you haven't obeyed them and you haven't applied them. You've heard about the kingdom. You've heard about it, but you haven't ever taken the step. It's just there. You know about it. But Jesus said, hey, if you've, if you've heard my words and you obey it, if you've heard my words, then you obey it. To love one another, 
to love me with all your heart, to be kind, to stay away from sins that will ruin you, then, then you are like a person that builds their house on a rock. It's harder to build on a rock. If you understand anything about construction, it's harder because you got to drill through that rock. It's harder to build, but the stability and the foundation is there. And the man and the woman who hears and obeys comes under the protection of the king. Comes under the covering of the king. And is like a person that builds their house on the rocks. Living in the kingdom of God means that the king has access to every part of my life. Not just two hours on a Sunday when I come to church. The Philippines is the country of Sunday lordship. We do it better than any nation in the world. Y'all know what I'm talking about? We do Sunday lordship so well. We wake up, we get dressed, we go to church, we do it all. We do everything on a Sunday. And then on a Monday, it's like we sometimes become secret undercover Christians where no one knows. We're happy to give Jesus two hours on, on Sunday. We're even happy to give Jesus some of our money. Yeah, we'll put it in. We're happy to give Jesus, you know, aspects of our life. You know when we're really happy to give stuff to Jesus? When things are going wrong. Like when we're sick, we give our sickness to Jesus because we have no other option. I need Jesus. I need to heal me. When our relationship is a mess, we give our relationship to Jesus when it's a mess because there, there's no other option that I have. But that's not lordship. Lordship is giving your physical health to Jesus even when you're healthy. Lordship is giving your relationship to Jesus even when it's going well. Lordship is giving him not just 10% of your finance, but access to 100% of your finance. Lordship is inviting Jesus into every area of your life and saying, I am now a slave to righteousness. It is no longer I. It's no longer about what my dreams or what I want to accomplish or this. It's now, God, your kingdom come and your will be done in my life. What do you want me to do? How do you want me to live? How do you want me to love? How do you want me to give? I want your kingdom. I want to come under the protection and the covering of the kingdom. Have dominion in my life if it wasn't for the cross we'd never have this but because of the cross because of what Jesus did we now can live in the kingdom because the kingdom of God is anywhere Jesus is ruling and reigning and if he rules and reigns in your life the kingdom of God you're living but how do I live in it I obey don't be people that hear the word and continue on doing your own thing. Be someone that hears the word and then obeys the word. You'll grow like you've never grown before in the kingdom of God. Maybe you're here. In a moment, we're going to pray. We're going to sing that song. Heaven's all around. Heaven's all around. Jesus is near here near here near 
near. I knew that. I can see it now. I can see it now. The kingdom is here. It's not near. It's here. Right, we're living in the kingdom. We're going to worship. We're going to pray. But maybe you're here and you've never made the decision to come under the covering of the king. How does it start? It starts by having a relationship with Christ. It starts by humbly coming to Jesus, asking him to forgive you of your sins, my sins. The Bible's clear. We've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But because of his death and resurrection, we now have access to God the Father if we come before him humbly, admitting our sin, admitting that we need him, and asking him to come into our lives to forgive us, to have a relationship with us. Maybe you're here, maybe you're watching online or listening on our podcast, and you've never, ever done this before. Or maybe you're here and you did this a long time ago. Maybe someone dragged you back to church last week, and you've come again this week, and it's, it's been years since you had a relationship with Jesus, and something happened, an offense, or or you just fell away from God. It doesn't matter what happened in the past. What matters is that Jesus loves you and that you're here right now and you're listening to this. That's what matters. And if you're here, you don't have a relationship with Christ, I want to give you an opportunity to have a relationship with Jesus right now. Could you all just bow your heads, close your eyes just for a moment? And if you're saying, James, that's me. I'm that first person. I've never done this before. Or you're saying, James, I'm that second person. I did this a long time ago, but I've walked away. I don't have an active relationship with Jesus right now. If that's you, I'm going to count to three, and I'd love you to lift your hands nice and high because I want to see you and pray for you. If you're online, I want you to do it as well, just in your bedroom so God can see. Wherever you are, put your hand on your heart if you're listening, and, and, and you know, God will see that. So if that's you, St. James, that's me. I, I, I want to ask Jesus to forgive me today of my sins, come into a relationship with him. On the count of three, you lift your hands. One, two, three, right now, all over this place. Awesome. Hands up here. In the middle, up in the back, up on the side, here on the other side. Thank you, Jesus. Up in the back corner. It's great. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. If you lifted your hand, I want you to put your hand on your heart. And we're going to begin to pray. And we're all going to pray this together. But it's a simple prayer reflecting what the Apostle Paul wrote in the book of Romans when he said, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. So come on, let's say these words together, everyone. Dear Lord Jesus, come to you right now. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I believe that you died on the cross, but you rose victorious. So right now I ask, please come into my life. Thank you for being my Savior. But be my Lord as well. Let your kingdom come and let your will be done in my life as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Can you give God praise for every person that just prayed that prayer? Thank you so much for listening in. At Favorite Church, we're a family, and we believe that the Christian journey should not be done alone. If something really spoke to you from the message, we would love to connect with you to talk it over. Or if you prayed the salvation prayer, we'd also love to be able to share more about the decision that you've just made. Please visit us at favor.church next to learn more. If you want to share this podcast with a friend, simply tap on the share button and send it through. We love you. We're praying for you. Till next time.